Hello, and thanks for joining us for the Education Doctor Radio Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pamela Ellis. The Education Doctor Radio Show is your family source for educational excellence. Our program is brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, where I'm the principal consultant, and our mantra is access, thrive, graduate. You can learn more about our firm at compasseducationstrategies.com. Thanks so much to everyone who is listening to our show today. We appreciate you taking the time to listen in. If you're listening to a podcast, we also want to thank you for joining us. For future show updates and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for The Education Doctor, then clicking like. You can find us on Twitter at The Education Doc, and then we're also on Foursquare where you can see our tips to prep schools, colleges, and graduate schools around the country. And one other thing I should mention is if you're more of a visual person, you can join us on Flickr where we post photos of all of our campus visits. Our show today, again, requires little introduction because we're discussing a topic that's on the hearts and minds of of many high school families, and that's standardized testing. The first show in this two-part series on standardized testing focuses on the SAT. The second show in this two-part series on standardized testing focuses on the ACT. If you will be taking the SAT as well, please check out our Part 1 on our website or iTunes. For today's show, we will focus on the ACT. It sounds like I'm waiting on someone to do a cheer, right? (laughs) But anyway, returning to our show today is Jim Meany. Jim is the founder and director of Insight Tutors in Greenwich, Connecticut, and I had the pleasure of meeting Jim through a mutual classmate from Stanford. So we're both alums and excited about finally meeting each other after all these years. We had an immediate connection through our academic as well as professional careers. Jim began his tutoring career in high school as a physics tutor. He earned his bachelor's and master's from Stanford in biology and has an MBA from USC. Jim has over 25 years of tutoring experience and has led Insight Tutors for over 10 years. What I find so exciting about having Jim with us today is that he does subject matter tutoring as well and what students find on the essay, on the ACT is that they do need to have a familiarity across subject areas, particularly on the science side, which is great. Before we start, I want to make sure that our listeners have our contact information. Our email address is radio at compasseducationstrategies.com if you'd like to submit a question that way. And you're always welcome to submit a question even after the show And certainly if there's a question for Jim, I'll pass that on to him and get your question answered. Another method where you could connect with us is through calling our switchboard, which is 714-333-3356. And though I rarely have anyone call in, uh, although they're listening live, I still provide the number anyway. And as you know, from listening before is that our switchboard is located in sunny Southern California, and I am broadcasting live from Dayton, Ohio, 
while Jim is joining us from Greenwich, Connecticut, beautiful Greenwich. So we'll take a break, and then Jim will be here to join us. This is the Education Doctor Radio Show brought to you by Compass Education Strategies, and I am back now with Jim Meany of Insight Tutors of Greenwich, Connecticut, pronounced by some as Greenwich, right, Jim? <laughs> That's correct, and we often have to make that notice, particularly for people who are out of the area. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jim, thank you so much for joining us again today. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm really happy to be back so soon. Oh, okay, great. So we're going to go ahead and get started. Jim, similar to our coverage of the SAT, I'd like to jumpstart our discussion with providing some immediate tips for seniors who may be retaking the ACT. And I want to start there because one of the things that a lot of families may not know is that for some colleges you can continue retaking the standardized test until the day of enrollment because those colleges often use the score to determine merit aid. And even though the tips may apply to retakers, they'll also be great for first-time takers. And so if you can just start us off as a warm-up, if you will, for some overall strategies for students who are taking the ACT. Sure, absolutely. Um, I'll repeat something that I said the other day, and I think the most important tip I can give folks is to have the right mindset going in and to look at these tests very much as an opportunity to differentiate yourself from the rest of the applicants. And I know that probably comes across as heresy to the average um, high school senior, but it really is is an opportunity for you. Um, regarding the ACT specifically, one must know that there is no guessing penalty on the ACT, which means that a blank answer and a wrong answer are treated the same in terms of they, uh, it does not either add points or detract points from your Mm -hmm. final score. So what that means is on the multiple choice part, you do not want to leave anything blank. So if you find yourself running out of time at the end of a section and you're not going to be able to finish, uh, be sure to, you know, simply guess, not even an educated guess, but just guess on the final answers, and you might be able to pick up a couple of extra points that way. You meaning, Uh, but is there any... Jim, can I interrupt you just briefly? Sure. Is there any particular answer between A, B, C, D, E that's using better to guess at? <laughs> Everyone's okay, trying so to figure I'm that out. Of only marking C's. <laughs> and everyone's trying to figure that out, and I'm sure there's a PhD in statistics somewhere out there who probably has a better answer than I do, but the one that I always go with is when in doubt, Charlie out. So um, that would be going with <laughs> With C, but on the um, on the ACT, it, the answer choices go A, B, C, D, and then E, G. I'm sorry, F, G, H, J. So I don't know oh that God. there's. You know what? The one I would not guess probably is the no change. So or you can mix them up, get creative. I'm just, I'm afraid oh. I don't have a better answer for that. That seems even riskier because then you may choose all right. the wrong ones, definitely. But if at least you know that one of them will be after the beat, you know. So right. okay, when I guess I, I do pick there. one. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, did you have another one you wanted to share with us before we get into talking about the specific sections? Yeah. Um, again, 
you know, we mentioned the other day about the need to warm your brain up uh, mentally before you leave for the test, and that means doing a couple of, uh, you know, basic questions from each section that you've done before. Um, the other the other thing that I would do, I, so that we're not just re- simply repeating tips, is be very conscious of the different time allotments on each section in the ACT. It's not consistent. Uh, the English test is 45 minutes with 75 questions. You know, the math is 60 minutes for 60 questions. So you really want to get in the mindset of adjusting your pace and being conscious of your pace as you go through the exam. And, you know, you very much, it's like any kind of undertaking. You both want to psych yourself up for it, and then you also want to look at it, you know, it's just another day at the office. And especially for repeaters, Mm. I've been through it before. I've seen it before. The test format and structure are not going to change. You know, the specifics of the questions might change. But this is not something that's brand new to me. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. absolutely a review test. Uh, There should be nothing on there other than, you know, the passages and the words uh, that you have not seen before. So you really want to go in with that confident kind of attitude. Okay. Okay, great. So let's start out with breaking out the sections that are covered Mm -hmm. on the ACT. And the first one is the writing. So let's talk about that and some particular strategies that you would recommend for the writing section. Sure. And, you know, one of the beauties of the ACT that, that people like is that the section, there are four multiple choice sections. They always go in the same order. And once you're done with a particular content area like writing, you are done with it. It doesn't uh, throw another two or three sections at you like the um, SAT does. But mm-hmm. uh, specifically on the writing skills test, one of the uh, aspects of it that I think is attractive is that they test your command of the English language in the context of short passages. So there are more contextual clues potentially on an ACT um, writing section than in the standalone SAT uh, grammar questions. A good way to handle it, uh, one good tip I have is that um, you, you can approach it one of two ways. You can quickly read the passage in its entirety. I find that a little cumbersome, uh, and then go back. But one one thing you want to do is you'll notice that there are two different kinds of questions, one where a section is underlined and one where you'll have a number inside a box. And the underlined parts refer to specific uh, sentences, so you want to handle those as they come. The ones for the box have more, within the box have more to do with the passage as a whole. So sometimes, especially when they appear at the end of a passage, you want to be sure you've heard, I'm sorry, you've read the entire passage because it often be, you know, should we, where should we put this sentence, you know, did the passage accomplish what it set out to accomplish, that sort of thing. So, you know, adjust your method as you uh, come across those those different kinds of questions. Um, mm-hmm. the, other, the other aspect is, you know, uh, uh, paradoxically, sometimes you find the passage interesting, <laughs> and you're going to you're going to want to spend more time with it and savor the moment and and read for interest. And you really have to consciously avoid that drive or that impulse uh, mm-hmm. because, uh, unfortunately, we're not reading for interest here. We're reading to get uh, questions right or answers right on the test. So. It's nice if it's a if it's a passage of interest because you'll probably be more comfortable with it, 
but you have to resist the temptation for uh, you know to slow down and then really enjoy the passage and savor it. Okay. So a little practical so, tip there. Yes. So Jim, let's go right into talking about the math. I know in our first in our first series on the SAT, we didn't cover the math as much because we actually do have a podcast that focuses only on the SAT math. But I do want to spend a little bit of time talking about it with the ACT math. Sure. Uh, first of all, I'll say that a lot of students find the ACT math a little more approachable than the SAT math. Um, there are 60 questions in 60 minutes, so it's really easy for those mental math maniacs out there to figure out that you have about a minute per question. Um, mm -hmm. they, the questions generally go from easier to harder. A difference on the ACT is that you will have trigonometry on it, basic trigonometry. So you do want to be sure to bring your calculator to this test uh, for figuring out you know, basic sine, cosine, that kind of thing. Another aspect of the ACT that's kind of I find kind of interesting is that it, it tends to go a little more into um, Algebra 2 and, you know, Y equals F of X and, and that sort of thing. Uh, and students sometimes find that intimidating. But really, when it gets into the more involved equations, you can often look at the questions as a more basic substitution question because they will give you the, the equation of the parabola, for instance. And uh, basically what the question might require is that you simply plug in a value for the variable. So mm -hmm. I, those couple of aspects of it, I want people um, to be aware of. It, it, some people think it looks a little more intimidating than it actually is. Also, on um, our ACT map, you'll notice that there's quite a number of word problems on it. But once mm -hmm. again, um, the word problems tend to boil down to being something a little more basic than what you might have initially thought. So those would be some of the pieces of guidance that I would offer for the math section. Now, when you say uh, more basic than you thought, can you clarify that a bit more? Sure. Um, for instance, I'm looking at a problem now that is... Um, is a geometry problem, and it's about a right triangle, which, by the way, know your right triangles, your 30, 60, 90, your 45, 45, 90, your 3, 4, 5, and your 5, 12, 13, because they love to test you on that. But it's, a, it's 20 out of 60, so it's about a third of the way through the, the test, and they ask which of the following is true about a certain angle in the triangle, and the answers involve sine, cosine, and tangent. And really, um, it's it's the one angle, and all you have to do is work your way around the triangle, um, and plug plug and chug. And actually, it's a five twelve thirteen triangle as I look at it. Uh, and you mm -hmm. really don't even need to calculate it because the the answers in terms of fractions, um, you know, the one side length over the other. Um, another example that I could offer. Let's see. It's just some of the, some of these guys look like you know they have a paragraph worth of information in the in the question setup, and uh, it really boils down to well, can I just generate an equation um, to represent the information and then solve for that equation? Okay, great. 
So, Jim, I just want to take a quick break so that I can catch my breath, although I probably haven't been talking as much as you have. Let me just take a quick, I'll let you take a quick break, and then we'll come right back, okay? Okay, we are back now with the Education Doctor Radio Show, and we are joined by Jim Meany of Insight Tutors in Greenwich, Connecticut. So, Jim, you were talking about the writing, the math section, and now we want to move into talking about the reading comprehension section. So Good. Good. That's the one that you enjoy, huh? <laughs> well, you know, I I make them all interesting in one way or another, but I am a rabid reader and and love it because it takes me somewhere else. But again, on the test, I have to focus on the fact that we're looking for points. So, but yes, I I do like this section. Okay, great. Have at it. Um, one of, one of the things that I particularly like about the reading comprehension section on the ACT is its consistency. And by that I mean, you know, again, it's always 35 minutes and 40 questions. It's always four passages, and they always go in the same order, starting with prose mm-hmm. fiction, social science, humanities, and um, my personal favorite, natural science. Um, oh, wow. Well, yes, and, and so it's, it's very, very consistent, which allows you to pick, pick the order in which you would like to attempt the passages and the questions. And one aspect of the ACT that might be helpful to some of the retakers is that the ACT started out generally as an achievement test, whereas Mm -hmm. the SAT started out more generally as an aptitude test. So the ACT, and this is particularly true in reading comprehension, might be a little more straightforward. And what I mean by that is to do well on the reading section does not require quite as much inference drawing and reading between the lines on the ACT as it does on the SAT. And while the questions uh, for an ACT passage do not go in as much order as they do for the SAT, the answers tend to be lifted a little more verbatim off the page. And and I know someone's going to take me to task for that, but I said a little more verbatim, not absolutely verbatim. But they, they tend to be not so much more obvious, but more apparent. So the retakers really want to, and, and first-time takers, really want to watch for that. Um, and in fact, that you can use to your strategic advantage in taking the exam. One reason that I mentioned uh, that I really like the natural science uh, passages is that they're typically very well organized. Uh, you might have one or two theories presented. Let's say you have two theories presented. You have theory A, theory B, compare and contrast, and then conclusion as to which theory might be more supportable. And those uh, miles, uh, mileposts, I guess, or guidelines can really mm-hmm. help you navigate your way through the passage. So mm-hmm. reading, reading comprehension can be, it's a challenge, no doubt, and there's always time pressure, but it's a very manageable challenge. Okay. Now, following up on that natural science, on the reading comprehension, let's talk about the science section. Because I would think that that section gives students even more grief than the math sometimes. But you can tell me what your experience has been. And, you know, it it, it can. And there are, you know, um, science phobes among us. And what would a science lover be? A science file, I guess. Um, 
I am just I am crazy about science. I love science. And the funny thing, the funny aspect of the ACT science, and I don't mean to um, go against my host word because that would be very rude, but um, to dispel maybe a little bit of fear. Um, yes, you de- do need to know some base. If you need content anywhere, it would be in the science and the math. You know, math in terms of the principles right. and science in terms of the biology, chemistry, physics, and and earth science principles. However, the dirty little secret is that the science test is almost more of a reading comprehension test than it is Mm -hmm. one that requires a lot of in-depth science knowledge. One of the skills you need Mm -hmm. to do well on science is to be really adept at reading charts and graphs because that's um, how they present most of the information. Also, if there's a term like say a bomb calorimeter, which is one of my favorites, um, from could be the physics or, or chemistry. You don't need to know what that is because they will define that for you. They will, you know, give you a definition. A bomb calorimeter is a device that allows you to measure the energy content of a substance. So, don't let the science part or the science word in science test scare you. Um, yes, you do, do need to understand, you know, or have a basic foundation in science. But um, again, it, it's as much of, you know, a reading comprehension kind of test and an organizing be, uh, information kind of test as it is, you know, uh, elucidating the genetic code or some such thing. So. Hmm. Okay, it's almost like a misnomer in a sense. Um, in a way, that's, that's um, right. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. But, okay, but it, Go ahead I was just going to say, um, you know, it, it's a bit of a misnomer, except that you know, if, if you look at it as a reading comp passage, all the reading, all the passages have to do with science. So, you know, that's one right. way to look at it as well. Okay, okay, good. So, in our last few minutes, we're going to talk about the essay, and that's optional for students, but. I know that I encourage students to still do the writing so that they can keep their options open for the colleges that may require it. And Jim, you would agree with that as well, that students generally should take the do the writing Absolutely. portion as well? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that is for exactly the reason that you say is that um not all schools require the writing section or even will look at it on the SAT. However, you don't want to be late in the game and see a school that maybe you hadn't thought about before that does require the writing test and all your testing is done and now you know you're caught not able to apply to that school. So I'm uh, very much a fan of, you know, putting as many tricks in your basket as you can or as many resources in your basket as you can. So I would strongly encourage people to take the writing test as well. Another reason for that and another mm-hmm. appeal of the ACT is that you get 30 minutes for the essay, whereas the SAT allows you only 25 minutes. It's mm-hmm. the same 1 to 12 score, and by the way, you want to be 10 or above if you can. You have three pages on the ACT for your essay and two pages on the SAT, and then maybe the biggest benefit of all is that personally I find the prompts on the ACT essays much more relevant for high school juniors and seniors than those often found on the SAT. And what I mean is, uh, instead of finding the one we talked about the other day on the SAT, which is, is there always a however, it's a great philosophical, you know, 
uh, wandering. Uh, you'll get questions on the ACT like, should there be a dress code within a high school? Should mm. you, you know, should seniors have special privileges within a high school? And, and you know, which senior is not wondering about whether or, you know, where he's going to park his or her car if, if um, he or she drives to school, you know? Mm. Another... Another good one that I thought uh, that I've seen, and of course they don't repeat, but you know it's the spirit of it. Um, another good one was: should high school be extended to five years? And I think, and this is you know only anecdotal evidence. I, I think that the ACT tends to pick topics that are more top of mind for the test takers than the SAT mm. might. And you know. Great. Jim, you make me want to go back and retake the ACT myself. My <laughs> goodness. Come on, if you only I... You sound fun to take. <laughs> if I only that. knew then... If I only knew then what I know now. I know. I'd but, say the same thing. So what would be um, a couple of strategies that you would give to students around doing well on this writing portion? Uh, uh, well, a couple things... Um, I would say, you know, uh, as the prompt says in your essay, take a position on this question. Um, there's no right or wrong answer. It, it's how you present your answer. Two common myths I want to dispel as long as we have the chance. Number one, longer is not necessarily better. Uh, it's very easy as a reader to spot fluff. And if, if a word is not developing your essay, can it? Because it will not help you. And then the other very common misconception is that people will say that you need a historical reference and you need a literary reference. Categorically, not true. If you have one or two and can use it for the essay, perfect. But you don't want to be constrained by that misinformation because all you're going to do is sit there and stress if you can't think of a relevant example. And... Um, you know, all it says on the ACT is use specific reasons and examples to support your position. It does not say use a literary reference and a historical reference to support your position. What um, the graders are looking for is uh, sophisticated analysis, relevant examples, good development of those examples, and they grade the essay holistically. So they're looking at the whole package. Those would be some of the some of the suggestions that I would make. And I think those are excellent. Jim, I want to thank you so much for joining us. We've Absolutely. actually come to our time to end, but that's a great show, and I appreciate you sharing, and I certainly want our listeners to know that you'll be having a website coming up soon, and yeah. I will definitely post that information on my site and link to it. And Good. if they have any further questions, they can always um, direct them to our radio at compasseducationstrategies.com email address, and we'll get it over to you. But thank you so very much, Dan. So we have some great shows coming up for you on the Education Doctor Radio, and we'll continue to bring you information that's both strategic and practical for educational success. Please stay in touch with us, and here's Bill to tell you how. 
You've been listening to the Education Doctor Radio Show. Our host, Dr. Pamela, is a graduate of Stanford University and the Tuck School of Business at Dartmouth College and committed to helping students select schools and colleges that are best fits for them. Please join our online Facebook community. Go to the Education Doctor page on Facebook and click like. You may email us at radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. That's radio at compasseducationstrategies.com. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Education Doctor Radio Show.